the best insight, instant feedback, accountability, the all-new talk radio, Freedom 106.5. We continue our discussions. Breast Cancer Awareness, an entire week of activities on Freedom 106.5 FM. It culminates on Wednesday and we have with us in studio, we had, we had some discussions on cancer some time ago. And this gentleman with, was with us back then. We welcome him back to our studios, Dr. Laurent Oliver. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me again. Nice to have you with us here this morning. It's a discussion that we've had so many times, but it, that is essential in the greater scheme of things because um, if the discussions result in at least one person heeding the advice and it changing their course of action and probably saving a life or getting them to surgery or treatment earlier, it would have been well worth it. Let's begin. Um, for persons who have probably have missed our in initial interview and so on, let me allow you to familiarize listeners with yourself. Tell us a bit about yourself and some of what you're involved in. So I'm a breast surgical oncologist, and that basically is a, a surgeon that deals with breast cancer. So my main focus on, on training is based on dealing with breast cancer and other benign breast disease. Um, but I think the element that we're going to focus on is breast cancer. So what I do really is... I do from diagnosis um, to work up to make a decision if we're going to give treatment, medical treatment before or if we do surgical treatment. And then my main forte is really one of dealing with the surgical extirpation or removal of the tumor and the surgical treatment to get the pathological staging of the disease and moving forward from those results. So, you, so basically you're the person that you come to um, to figure out whether or not you're, you're you're suffering from breast cancer, and then you treat with it yeah, moving so forward. So, in the public system, I'm really the one that I'm in a tertiary center, so I get referrals directly with breast cancer. But in other settings, a patient may come to me with a breast lump, and then we work up to confirm if it's the cancer or not. Um, most of the time, sometimes referrals come from either general practitioners or other surgeons or medical oncologists. Yeah. What have what have you noticed? What are some of the trends? Uh, I know we had yeah. to talk about treatment and all these things, but trends are very important um, in identifying when people should do certain things. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the average individual who comes to you, apart from the referrals and so on, are they persons who are uh, 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 worried that they may have breast cancer? or, mm -hmm. or And at that stage, what, what stage is it? Because there are several stages. Yeah. So... You know, the general trend in, in, in internationally, like for example, I did my training in Toronto, most of the breast cancers were seen on image abnormalities. So such as patients who do a wide, do their screening, breast cancer screening mammograms, and we find abnormalities. But unfortunately, in the Caribbean region and in Trinidad, we find lesions that are very palpable and firm and sometimes involving the skin. So we find more advanced disease. And we know there's a direct correlation between the stage at which the cancer presents and your survival. So if you have an abnormality in the imaging, which is going to be an earlier stage versus a palpable lesion, your stage is going to be a little more advanced. So your survival is obviously going to be influenced. Generally, in Trinidad, so I actually gave a talk over the weekend about um, breast cancer and the presentations more in the rural setting. So I initially worked in Sandy Grandi region. And I think one of the big things, you know, every time I give this talk, I try to find some other angle to give mm. it. And I think a really awesome angle that came out of that was really the fear and the anxiety of simply having a lump in your breast and not even telling your own kids. And you're staying at home. And by the time you present to me, it's already fungating, coming out through the skin, foul odor, very large. And again, obviously, that's going to be a later stage and a, a worse outcome than if you present to me with a very small lump. So 
the, the main question really is that our presentations are more advanced and that's directly related. If you talk about the stages of cancer, you have the early stage where it's very just palpable lump within the breast and then you have the other stage two where maybe involvement of some of the lymph nodes and then stage three is more skin, bigger lumps, more lymph nodes and stage four is the advanced stage where it spreads to the lungs, liver or bone. So we really want to catch the cancer in an early stage where it's non-palpable or even very small in terms of its uh, lesion and stuff that can be palpated. But in general, we have more advanced disease. You know, so we really want to catch that. That's what this is about. This mm. is about awareness, about knowing about yourself, and trying to break that taboo of fear of coming for help. You well, know, I I think this may not necessarily be be limited to cancer alone. Yeah. There are some people who hate to go by the doctor because they, apart from the medical and the injection and everything else, yeah. there are some people who are just too scared to hear what the doctor has to say to them because um, going to the doctor if you have a, a, a or you have serious. Um, symptoms of anything, yeah. the the result could be devastating, and there are some people who don't want to confront that because mm. of of the implications. Uh, a breast cancer. Um, there may be people who are of the school of thought that well, once I get breast cancer, you have to remove the breasts and that kind of thing. And and what many people may not necessarily accept is that if you go earlier, you could probably prevent that from taking place. Right? Yeah, and that, that's that's the main element of. Our discussion this morning is right. really about the surgical options and treatment. Um, and that's why we want to pick the lump earlier because there's two main surgeries. When I talk about breast cancer, I talk about breast preservation or breast removal, which we know as mastectomy. The old dogma in Trinidad, and as you just clearly stated, is that we believe that if you have breast cancer, you have to remove the breast. That's no longer the standard of care. Actually, I just came back from a conference in the American um, Fellowship of Surgeons, and the, the, we actually seen a survival benefit in patients who have breast preservation versus patients who have a mastectomy. So we can preserve the breast versus removing the breast. And about 60% to 80% of my patients, I preserve the breast. If you preserve the breast, so you must have radiation therapy. Um, if you remove the breast, you may or may not have radiation therapy. Um, that's an additional treatment. So breast preservation is acceptable. And you get there's no survival difference if I preserve your breast or remove the breast. And studies are actually showing that there's actual improval in survival if we preserve the breast. Yeah. So I, I I mean I it some people might think it's it's weird having two men discuss this <laughs> is this issue, but at the end of the day the fundamentals remain the same. Exactly. Regardless of whether we're male or female, yeah. the issues remain the same. And you're here to talk about something from from a perspective that regardless of whether you're male or female, this is your your level of expertise. Yeah. So let's talk about the various treatments. I, I know that we've come a long way yeah. from from many decades ago. Uh, where are we at this point then when it comes to treatment options? So again, treatment options options are based on two main elements. Um, I actually wrote an article in the papers about two weeks ago about summarizing the treatments. And we you can talk about the medical aspect and the surgical aspect. And it's really based on the stage of the cancer and your type of cancer you have. One way of us characterizing the type of cancer is based on what we call the receptors or the antennas on the cancer. There are various patterns of the estrogen, progesterone, and HER2, and various patterns give us different categories of breast cancer, and we can know the behavior. For example, the elderly patients tend to get the more hormonal positive cancer, slow-growing cancer, less aggressive. The younger patients tend to get the triple negative, where all those three things that I mentioned, the ER and the PR and HER2, are negative, and they even get a HER2-enriched cancer, where the cancers have the HER2. Those are the aggressive cancers. So based on that, the evolution of breast cancer treatment is really awesome now in terms of it's not sometimes not surgery up front. I spend a lot of my time now being a surgeon trying to convince patients that I'm not ready to operate on you now, knowing that I can operate on you at any point in time. So we talk about treatment before. 
And that's why there's an important realm of treatment now where you have a discussion called a multidisciplinary meeting where the medical oncologist, the surgical oncologist, the pathologist, the radiologist, we all come together and discuss your case, personalizing your treatment for you. So each treatment for breast cancer is treated individual. This morning I had our MDT meeting where we discuss all our patients, all our new patients, what's the plan of action, knowing what the patient and the family desires. So you can have treatment before, then you can have surgery where I get involved, and then you can have treatment after. Certain patients are treated before, that's things like chemotherapy, where you, that's based on, for example, if you have a triple negative, a HER2 positive cancer, or a very locally advanced breast cancer, meaning it's involved in the skin, um, it's a large tumor in the hormone positive category. We tend to give new adjuvant treatment before. That normally runs for about two months, and then you rest for a month, and then you come to myself where we do surgery. And then after surgery, you have treatment afterwards, which can be one of hormonal therapy, chemotherapy, radiation therapy, or targeted therapy if you're HER2. And that's a general cascade of things. But focusing on, on, on the surgical element, um, really, you, when you talk about breast surgery, you have two main components in the breast surgery for cancer. You have the breast component and the armpit component. In the breast component, as I said before, we can preserve the breast or remove the breast. And in the other aspect of the surgical is, is really checking to see if the cancer has spread to the lymph nodes under the armpit because that adds to the stage of the cancer. And if it adds to the stage of the cancer, that helps us to know how to treat you and what's your survival beyond. If we're preserving the breast, there are awesome things that I, I, I really love doing now, which is called oncoplastic surgery, is where we do remove the cancer, that's the oncology aspect, and then we do plastic component where I reshuffle the breast. And there are two levels of that oncoplastic based on the amount of volume of tissue we have to remove. So again, there's no need for that dogma of removing the breast. If we remove less than 20%, there's something called volume displacement, where I can shift the breast tissue around, or volume replacement, where I can use things like implants or your own body tissue flaps to create a mound for you. And if it is that you have in terms of the volume displacement, you have level one, level two, which is based on the volume of which a breast is you. So if I remove 20% of your breast, and it all starts off in the size of your breast initially, obviously. If I remove 20%, I will do like a level one. If I have to remove between 20 to 70% of your breast tissue, then I'll use a level two, like a reduction technique. The same technique I'll use if I reduce your breast or give you a breast lift to remove the cancer in the area that I'll normally remove. Yeah. How expensive is this? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that costs would vary, yeah. but it's something that's that so, could influence persons wanting to come in in the, in the first instance. Yeah. Being diagnosed with breast cancer and treating it, what what kind of cost could it could, could it end up to be? So, so you know, we we, we had this discussion off the air before. Mm -hmm. I think it's an element of 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 the younger generation knowing that somewhere down the road you may need some sort of coverage, and I think that's where insurance comes in. I'm not an insurance salesperson, so I'm not going to get into that. But, mm -hmm. but I would always like to say that there's a public and a private. I do ever like to highlight the private sector. Because I think if you need private services, you will find it. And you can find myself privately. But everything is offered in the government service. There may be a delay because of the amount of people that is coming in. But the same treatment I offer privately, I offer publicly. And I will say that without a doubt. Because mm -hmm. I think we, we, we deserve whatever whatever we are in our situations in life. But privately, um, again, insurance cover all of this because this is obviously cancer. Um, I, I really don't want to get into the, the costing of no, things. Um, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't want nitty-gritty, but yeah. this... C can treating cancer cost you half a million, quarter, three quarter? It, it can go up. It could because the surgical aspect, then you have the surgery itself, and then you have adjuvant therapy, which mm -hmm. most likely tends to be chemotherapy, and that has a cost as well. And then you need radiation therapy as well, based on your stage of your cancer, what surgical procedure you do. So all those things could add up, you know, and all of those things probably in the range of 100,000 or so above at least the chemo and the radiation. Yeah, so I... That's, 
Um, I mean, it's, it's public knowledge. I've made the announcement before that um, I'm with Guardian Life, and we're having this discussion, and it 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 brings me straight to some of the discussions that I've had with people. Yeah. Critical illness is is something that nobody expects to get, mm-hmm. but should be prepared for, um, and. Getting people to make that decision is such a difficult thing because as we were talking off yeah. the air, there is this school of thought that society has placed on young people that they're invincible. Mm-hmm. That listen to me, you need to worry about your young, your healthy, those old people thing. But we all went through that as well. Eh? Yeah. You and myself. Yeah, we sure did, we, we did. <laughs> and and you all, because at, at that age, you really do feel as if nothing can happen to yep. you. And one of the problems that we have with society is that we tell we tell young people, wait until you're older to start preparing for these things, yeah. when it should be the opposite. Yeah. They should start preparing for these things from younger. So it's cheaper for them, it's easier for them, and lower down in life when circumstances change. You know, you're, you're more mature, you have your family, you have this, you have that. One critical illness could wipe out not just your finances, you know, yeah. your finance, your family, your this one, because before you know what's going on is because you're doing bake sale and barbecue and all that kind of thing. But not only that too as well, what it does do is add anxiety. It does. So you already have the anxiety of the cancer and then you have the anxiety and the burden of how am I going to have this procedure done? Do I have to go to the public service? Do I have to go to private? So it takes away another anxiety and makes the process a it, it really, and, and you know, the diagnosis and the treatment is one. Right. But after, as well, surviving after. Sometimes there are people who, the, the, the stress of having to treat with this and having gone through this battle is too much for them. Yeah. They need some time on their own to be able to recuperate and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to take a couple of messages. Mm-hmm. And when we get back, we continue our discussion right here on Freedom 106.5 FM Breast Cancer with us, uh, Dr. Laurent Oliver. Stay with us. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability, the all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5. Welcome back. It's a couple of minutes again for our interview with Dr. Ron Oliver discussing breast cancer. One of the things that we know is a great fear, I'm, I'm sure that might probably be the best word to describe it, is... If persons are diagnosed with breast cancer, having to lose both breasts, and what happens after that? W- what are some of the options available to people at this point in time? So, so yeah, that's an important one to discuss. I mean, I previously discussed the oncoplastics first, not having to remove the breast. But if there are some scenarios that we need to remove the breast, for example, multi multiple lesions in the breast, a big lesion involved in the skin, there are options called immediate reconstruction, where we can do the mastectomy and do immediate reconstruction with a prosthesis. Um, or we could use your own tissue as well. So speaking about the prosthesis, first we can use things like an expander, which is like a balloon where we can stretch the skin, um, and then at a later date put a permanent implant, or we could even go direct to implant, put an implant one time. And all those things will have to be discussed with your surgeon. And in the remnant as well, we talk about nipple spray and mastectomy. So that's a big new stage that we're doing now. So what we do basically is really removing the breast tissue, but preserving the envelope of skin and nipple and putting an implant. So you still have that mound and that breast that, you know, give you a good aesthetic outcome. One of the things persons would be concerned about is how, how safe are these procedures and yeah. um, cost as, as well, you yeah. know, those, those things would factor in. So in, in the United States and Canada, reconstruction is a standard. Once you are diagnosed with breast cancer, you see a reconstructive surgeon as well. 
because we believe that it adds a psychological impact when you see that one scar across your chest. So reconstruction is a must. There are certain scenarios where it would not be offered, for example, in inflammatory breast cancer, that aggressive period of orange and orange peel breast cancer. Um, but generally, the costing, yes, um, in Trinidad, some insurance companies cover it in terms of the private sector, um, but some don't as well. So it's something that has to be discussed on a more appropriate and a more political level in terms of reconstruction being the standard of care for any patient that has breast cancer. But again, available in the public system. I really would like to say that I do it in the public system. I actually have one to do today in the public system. Yeah, so that's great information. Let's, let's uh, because we're about... Well, almost all the time, yeah, yeah, for our interview here this morning. Um, and just a reminder for our listeners, of course, these discussions continue until Wednesday here on Freedom 106.5 FM, um, discussing the issue of uh, breast cancer in particular. And some of the do's, the don'ts, some of the information that you really need to get your hands on. And, of course, our discussions here this morning come to you with the compliments of Pan American and Budo's Electrical. As we wrap up, let's let's give some advice to persons who may feel that there is the need for them to seek further attention or, or to get some advice or, or to do an evaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, where do people begin? What should they do? So you can start very simple, the health centers. I got a lot, lot, lot of referral from the GPs in the health centers themselves, your private GP. Um, at least get a physician to assess you and then they could always refer to myself um, in the public system in St. James or privately all the institutions yeah. so it's easily accessible uh, somebody asking is it the same treatment for men yes it is so male breast cancer and female breast cancer is the same cancer but unfortunately as men we tend to wait a little longer than, than females and sometimes we don't anticipate it so the, the lesion themselves presents a little more advanced so it's the same cancer but we as men present at a more advanced stage so it appears to be worse but the treatment is the same it is the same cancer yeah that's we're gonna have to leave it dr Oliver. thank you so much for being with us here this morning great information as always we do hope that somewhere somehow the information assists someone in making that decision that could be a life saving decision and as he said over and over again it's not a death sentence anymore there are so many treatment uh, options available that definitely there is um, a silver lining, should I say? Definitely. Um, we hope that you never have to go through these things, but in the event that you do, there are options available. Thank you once again for being with us here this morning. Thanks again. That's where we drop the curtains on our show this morning. The best insight. Instant feedback. Accountability. The all-new Talk Radio. Freedom 106.5.